for you as believers, um, you have to pray if you're going to go hard after the Lord. It's just got to be a non-negotiable. Um, another reason I, I talked about a couple weeks ago is this. We wanted to talk about prayer this summer because we are a church and we're a ministry that believes that nothing of eternal importance happens apart from prayer. Listen, we can come in um, to this room every week and we can sing songs and we can hear the word be taught and we can have great motivation to follow Jesus and we can have all the great reasons for why we need to go reach our campuses and love on lost people and we can have the greatest strategies and philosophies in the world for going out and changing the world for the, for the name and for the sake of Jesus. But listen to me, if we don't pray, if we don't pray... Um, then we're never going to pull it off. If we hope to see God do something in our midst that cannot be explained away, or if we hope to see God do something in our lives and through this ministry that can only be Him, and, and all of us are left going, I have no idea what just happened. That was not us. That was Him. And guys, we have to pray. We have to. My dream, my hope, my prayer is that this would be a ministry of people of students who are serious about seeking the Lord and seeing God do supernatural things that nobody can wrap their arms or their brains around so that he's glorified so that lives are changed people come to know Jesus I pray that your schools are changed your families are changed that you can go in and you can see your groups of friends changed but again I know that that will never happen unless we pray it just won't and so man I I hope that this ministry becomes one of some serious prayer over the next few months because I hope next year when you get back in your schools in those mission fields you call schools um, that God does unbelievable things in and through you. And the last reason I thought it would be important for us to talk about prayer this summer is, is simple. I, I just don't think a lot of us really understand prayer, right? Um, I think if we were honest about it, maybe a lot of us, and I'm raising my hand along with several of you in the room, a lot of us um, at several points throughout our lives, we've struggled to have a consistent prayer life. I don't know if you're, you're there with me, but I will be the first to say there have been times where I just can't get it together, man. I, prayer's not a part of my life. I don't even know what to pray for. I don't know what to say to God. Times in my life where I feel guilty because I'm living a certain way and I can't pray, right? So I, I want to address these things over the next few weeks. And here's my goal in this series. I want to make sure you know what prayer is all about, what its purpose is, how you should pray, and what you should pray for. That's my goal. That's my heart. That's my prayer. And out of this, I hope that we see some unbelievable prayer warriors step up to the plate, students who fall in love with getting on their knees and on their faces before God Almighty and calling on His name for His glory and for His purposes. So let's do this. Let's get our Bibles. Let's turn them over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And uh, we're going to see what Jesus Himself has to say about prayer. All right? So uh, I'm going to set up the background again as you're getting there. This is still the Sermon on the Mount. If you were here at the end of of this past school year, we did a series on the Beatitudes, right? And uh, Jesus, he's teaching on the side of this hill. It's overlooking the Sea of Galilee. There's people listening to him teach on all these different topics, anger, lust, divorce, revenge, um, taking oaths, all this stuff. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus comes to this topic of prayer, okay? And if you're here a couple weeks, ago, Jesus taught us how we should not pray. 
right? That, that's what we talked about. And Jesus looks at this group of people on the hillside and he begins this topic of prayer by going, here's how I don't want you to pray. I don't want you to pray like the hypocrites, right? The religious people, the Pharisees who walk into crowded synagogues or, or busy street corners at certain times of the day and they do their prayer thing just so people can look at them and see how religious and how great they are. Jesus goes, don't be like those guys, right? Because the only thing they're getting from God um, is those other people's like recognition of how religious they are. So they don't get anything from God. It's just other people going, wow, those guys are pretty religious, right? I'm pretty impressed. Um, Jesus goes, don't pray like that, okay? And then he also says, don't pray like the pagan people or the Gentile people. Those are those people who tend to pester God with their prayers, you know? that They, they would repeat themselves over and over and over and over and over, thinking if somehow they said enough words and repeated things enough times that God was finally going to get either annoyed enough or finally hear them to do something, right? Jesus goes, don't pray like that. Don't pray like that. That's not what prayer is about. Prayer is not about a bunch of words. It's about you seeking God with all your heart. You don't have to go to God with a bunch of words to try to get his attention. He, he, he's given you his attention. Just talk to him. Okay, so that's what Jesus said a couple of weeks ago. Tonight, he dives in after he says, here's how you don't pray. And tonight, let's read this together. Jesus says, when you pray, I want you to pray like this. And here's what he has to say. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So tonight and, uh, and over the next several weeks, we're just going to break this prayer down. We're going to talk about what it should look like for us to pray. And the very first thing Jesus does in setting up this prayer is this. He tells us that when we pray, we need to address God in a certain way. And so tonight, the only line that we're going to talk about is this. We're going to talk about that line that says, Our Father in heaven. This is the address of prayer. Now, I think if you were honest and think about this with me, the way you address somebody, it's really important, isn't it? Like whether you're talking to your mom, your dad, a teacher, uh, a friend, um, your small group leader, uh, some guy or some girl you're trying to get a phone number from, right? Um, the way you address somebody is really important. It, it is. That's why some of you in here, you keep getting grounded. Um, you still don't have a girlfriend, right? And uh, it's, it's because you don't know how to address people. The way that you talk to somebody and the way you address them is really, really important. And in this prayer that Jesus, Jesus offers to us as a model of how we should pray, it's no different. And Jesus says, when you and I come to talk to God, the way that we should address him is our Father in heaven. So here's what I want to do for our time tonight. I just want to take those words, break them down for you so that we can understand the importance of this simple phrase, our Father in heaven. So we're going to start with those first two words, okay? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Our Father, our Father. What does our Father have to teach us? Well, here's the first thing it teaches us. These two simple words, our Father teaches us that the only reason we can pray is because of Jesus. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Like you calling on God, calling on Him as your heavenly Father, that the only reason you can speak words and God turns His ear to listen to you, the only reason that's possible is because of Jesus. 
Listen to this verse, Hebrews 10, 19 through 20, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It says, we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. So let's make it really simple. Jesus came into this world for a simple purpose, right? To die for the forgiveness of sins of sinful people. He came into this world to die on a cross, to raise from the grave so that he could offer us forgiveness of sins, give us eternal life, give us his righteousness so that we could be loved and accepted by God. The Bible says when we trust in Jesus, we are made into the children of God. So let's make it really simple. When you come before God, and you pray this way, don't you? Dear Heavenly Father, right? How many of us say that? Heavenly Father, man, Father God. The only reason you can say that is because Jesus Christ died on the cross to make you a child of God. Listen to me. Prayer, prayer, this this is huge. You can't miss this. Prayer costs Jesus everything, It cost him everything. That's why you and I should never approach prayer flippantly. It should be one of those things that even in that opening line that we so many times skirt by, dear Heavenly Father, we get to the important stuff. No, man, we got to sit in that for a minute. Father, Father, man, the only reason I can say this and you hear me is because Jesus died to make me your kid. That's what we learn first and foremost from this simple phrase, our Father. Not only that, but listen to this. This is incredible. One of the things that this, the, these two simple words teach us is that when we pray, we never pray alone. We never pray alone. Listen to these verses. These verses blow my mind. I'm just being honest with you. I can't get my head around this. Listen to Hebrews 7.25. It says, consequently, he, and, and this is speaking of Jesus, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. This verse is insane, okay? I hope that you're listening to this verse and not just hearing it. This verse just said that Jesus lives. Are you getting this? Jesus lives to pray for us. Do you get that? Some of you guys, you you live for sports, right? Some of you guys live for school. You live for dance. You live for a guy. You live for a girl. You live to kind of do whatever you want. This verse is saying that Jesus lives to always pray for his kids. How insane is that? So again, here's the picture. Me, James, I call on God as my father. Jesus is the one who's made that possible because he died on a cross so that I could be made a child of God. I call on God. Guess what's happening behind the scenes? Jesus isn't just standing around in the presence of God. He's not just pointing me in the right direction. But I walk into the presence of God to pray and Jesus is walking in with me. He's walking in with me. And as I pray, Jesus is standing there and he's going, okay, God, I want to pray for James. I just want to pray. I want to pray for Bradley. I want want to pray for Drew. I want to pray for Jess. This is Jesus we're talking about. Lives to pray for you and for me as children of God. 
We never pray alone. It's unbelievable. But not only that, it gets even better because not only Jesus, not only is Jesus praying with us and for us when we pray, the Bible also says the Holy Spirit is praying with us and for us when we pray. Romans 8, 26, here's what it says. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So again, let me explain this to you, make it really easy. Every time you pray and you have no idea what to say to God, um, every time you pray and you pray for something really stupid, right? Because let's be honest, we do that, don't we? We pray for really dumb things. The Bible is saying every time we pray that the Holy Spirit, he, he comes into the presence of God right alongside uh, uh, side of us and he says exactly what needs to be said. So if you and I can't find the words in, in a moment to pray to God, the Holy Spirit prays for us. And the Holy Spirit says, here's what James is trying to say, God. Here's what James needs to say. When I pray and I, God, help me, you know, I don't know, help me beat Greg in tennis because I'm really bad at tennis. And me and Greg have been playing. He's been killing me, right? Help me beat Greg in tennis. Um, the Holy Spirit is coming alongside of me and going, God, just let James continue to stink because he needs to be humble, right, and not be prideful. And uh, the Holy Spirit is praying for me in these moments, and he's telling God exactly what I need in that moment. Guys, these simple words, our Father, should always remind us of the amazing relationship that you and I get to take part in with the God of the universe. And we cannot miss that every time we pray, we step into the presence of God the Father with Jesus and the Holy Spirit praying with us and praying for us. Guys, that's good news. That's amazing, amazing news. Our Father, um, here's what I also want to share with you. When we break these words down even further and when we look at them even more separately, um, we find out some pretty amazing things. So here's what I want you to do. If you're taking notes, just write down the word hour, okay? Just write down the word hour. Here's what that simple word reminds us of every time we pray. If you pay attention to this prayer along with that, every single pronoun, you guys know what a pronoun is, right? You've been in school for a long time. You know what a pronoun is? Okay, good, because I don't want to teach you that. Go ask your English teacher. A pronoun, okay, every pronoun in this passage, you know what? It, it's plural. It includes more than just one people. Jesus did not say to pray like this. He didn't say, you go into the presence of God and you pray, my Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done. Give me this day my daily bread. Forgive me of my debts as I have forgiven people and lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. It's not what Jesus says, is it? No, every time Jesus gives us something to pray for or to pray about, it's always inclusive of lots of other people. And Jesus does this for a specific reason. And here's the reason. So that every time we pray, we can be reminded that we are part of something much, much bigger than ourselves. Guys, listen to me. This is important that you get this. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a part of a big community called the church and it is further reaching than any of us could ever comprehend, ever understand. And the reason that this is so important for us to remember is because so many times when so many of us pray, we tend to get very selfish and we tend to get very self-centered, right? We pray a lot of me prayers. We pray a lot of I prayers. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. When you 
pray, your prayer life needs to go well beyond yourself and it needs to include all of your brothers and sisters who are a part of the same church you're a part of simply because Jesus has made them children of God. This is what Jesus is implying when he says we need to pray like this. We need to pray like we need to include other people. So how does that play out in your life as a high schooler? Here's how it should look. It means that you as a high schooler, you should be constantly, constantly praying for your friends who are Christians. It means that you should be constantly praying for your friends who are believers in Jesus Christ. I want you to think with me right now. Who can you think of right now in this moment that you know personally who's a believer in Jesus Christ, either from school, church, work, your family, who right now are struggling with some things? Walking through some tough times, experiencing some tough things, maybe financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Who can you think of right now? I don't want you to say their name, but just think of them. You know what Jesus is saying when, when he's saying our father? He's saying, you need to remember that those are your brothers and sisters and you should be praying for them. Your prayer life needs to include these other people. You should get on your face and get on your knees and pray to God for these people who are your brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's the great thing that happens when you do that. You start to quit thinking about yourself so much. And you know what? That's what prayer is about. Prayer is about you getting your mind off of you and getting your mind onto God. And you know what happens when you start praying for the needs of your brothers and sisters in Jesus? Here's a challenge for you. Do that. See if your needs aren't met in ways that you can't explain. See if your needs start to become met like they've never been met before. When you start taking your mind off you, putting it on God, putting it on other people, and praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ, realizing that, you know what, you're a part of something much bigger than yourself. This is what Jesus is saying. This is how you should pray. Um, Not only that, it means also that we should be praying for others who are doing God's work. So uh, I'll make it simple. You should be praying for the pastors of this church. Or if you don't go to this church, you should be praying for the pastors of whatever church you do go to. You should be making it a regular habit. And, and I'm not trying to be prideful, but pray for me. I, I don't, I'm not just saying, well, Jesus told you to pray for me, right? Get you sinner, pray for me, right? I'm not saying that. Dude, I need you to pray for me. Man, our, our leaders, our, our small group leaders, they need you to pray for them. Our campus connectors, they need you to be praying for them as they're going out and intentionally serving the Lord. The guys who lead worship every week for us, they need you to be praying for them as they do the work of God. Um, the, the people that Westridge sends out locally to do mission work, the guys at Warehouse of Hope, we need to be praying for them. Kaya, Ralph Ugo, who goes and, and feeds um, people in need just over in Dallas, 10 minutes down the street. You should be praying for them. Um, other people in this city who are doing homeless ministry, you should pray for them. And you should make it a regular pra- practice to pray for those people. Connie and Chris Fields, halfway across the world in Burkina Faso, serving a bunch of, of impoverished people there. You should be praying for them. And you should be praying that God would use them, God would strengthen them, God would sustain them. You should be praying for them. This is what God says, or Jesus says when he says we need to pray and remember that this is bigger than just us. Not only that, here's the next thing it means. It means that you and I, when God answers our prayers, we need to share it with somebody. 
So we're praying for something. Okay, you're praying for somebody to be um, to, to break free through the power of God from emotional bondage, right? Maybe they're depressed. Maybe they're suffering from anxiety. Maybe it's fear, and you've been praying for that person. God, set them free, set them free, set them free. You know what you need to do when God sets them free? You need to share that. You need to stand up. You need to come to me. You need to go, James, listen, I've been praying for this person. Can I share this at Reckless? And you know what I'll do? I'll hand you the microphone and go, dude, go for it. Absolutely. That's what you need to do. When you pray for somebody to be healed physically, right? When that person who's got cancer, when that person who, who's been sick for a long time, with what do they have? And you've been praying for them constantly, consistently. When you get that news that God's healed them, you know what you need to do? You need to share that. When you've been praying for your friends to be courageous and to be bold at their school, to go and to share Jesus Christ with these certain students who they've been wanting to share Jesus with, and they finally go and they do it. You know what you need to do? You need to stand up and go, man, I've been praying for this dude, that he'd share Christ with that kid, and he did it. Man, this is awesome. You need to share that. And here's why. Because you never know who needs to be encouraged by the story that you have to share about how God is working because you as his child prayed. And when you and I understand that we're part of something bigger than ourselves, man, we'll start running at the mouth and bragging about God who has been so good to us because we went and we asked him. You need to share it. Um, The other word, not only the hour, but the Father. And this is, oh, this is just so good. So um, I'm going to try to not rant too much, but I, I might because this is just so good. When Jesus, listen to me, when Jesus, and here's the picture. There was a bunch of religious people listening to this message when Jesus was preaching. So when he got the prayer and he stepped in front of these people and he said, here's how you should talk to God. You should come before God and you should call him Father Listen, there would have been people freaking out, okay, freaking out, losing their minds. Did Jesus just tell everybody to call God the Father? Are you kidding me? To call God Father back in this time was unheard of. These Jewish people would have never referred to God like this because it was too familiar. That was too personal of a way to refer to God. When Jesus comes before us and he teaches us to pray and he said, we need to refer to God as our father. The word that he used all through the New Testament was this word Abba, A-B-B-A. It's an Aramaic word and it literally means daddy. It means daddy. So Jesus, again, on the hillside, he's sitting in front of these people going, when you pray, you need to come before God and you say, okay, our daddy, our dad. God says, this is how you need to refer to him. People would have been freaking out, losing their minds. Man, go back, read the Gospels. When you see Jesus pray, this is reflected every time he comes into the presence of God. Because every time Jesus talks to God, you get this picture of this very personal, intimate, respectful, open, honest, and trusting relationship between Jesus and God the Father. And the amazing thing is, Jesus tells us to pray in the same exact way that when we come before God that we should address him as our dad this is insane listen I I told you a couple weeks ago um, I'm about to be a new dad right Um, I will have a new little girl living in my house in the next three weeks and it's crazy my wife is very pregnant right now and uh, we're just trying to we're just trying to keep her comfortable right and uh, and help her hang in there till the end but 
I told you just a couple weeks ago, too, I have a picture right now. Um, we did one of those 3D ultrasounds, and I have this picture, four pictures of my baby girl hanging on my fridge right now. Like, have you seen those 3D ultrasounds? They're crazy. And you can actually kind of make her face out and stuff. And so every time I go to my fridge to get out milk or whatever else, I see those pictures, and I'm just like, oh, you know, it just, like, grips me, man. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, that's my daughter. That's my kid. I, man, and, and I can't even tell you right now, I haven't even met her yet or seen her, held her, but I can't express to you how much I already love that little girl. And here's what I know. As that little girl's dad, I know already, just because of the, how much I love her, that I'm going to hurt when she hurts. I know, man, that when she's happy, I'm going to be happy. When she's sad, I, I'm going to be sad when some teenage kid tries to, you know, date her and he's a punk, I'm going to kill him later in life and, and uh, I'm going to be protective of her. And, you know, it's just going to be crazy um, how much I, I already know, I already know how much I'm going to love this little girl. And in becoming a parent, I feel like I've come into a completely different understanding of God the Father. Because, man, looking at my little girl's picture and thinking about how much I love her and then going, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Jesus said that God the Father, he, he's my dad. Like, he is a loving, heavenly father who hurts when I hurt, who takes joy in those times that I take joy in, who feels pain when I feel pain. He loves me more than I'll ever be able to comprehend. I just can't wrap my brain. He loves me more than I'll even love my little girl. I mean, he loves her than, more, more than I love her because he's her dad too, her heavenly father. Some of you guys have amazing dads. And you got a great picture of that. You see how your dad loves you? Listen to me. That, that's God. That's God. That's how God loves you. He loves you more than that. Some of you guys, you have terrible dads. You have terrible dads. And so you, you think about a father and you go, well, my dad was a piece of garbage, right? He didn't love me. He didn't treat me well. I want you to think about a man in, in your life or a man that you see or one of these small group leaders who you see is just an unbelievable, amazing dad loving his kids. That's a picture of how God loves us. And here's the deal. When it comes to prayer, some of us make prayer so difficult, right? Here's what Jesus says. Go talk to God like he's your dad. This is what he's saying. God rejoices when you will just come into his presence and when you'll pull up a chair and just go, Dad, I, I want to talk. Man, I see how much you love me and I want to spend time talking to you and loving on you. It's not this formal thing. You're talking to God like he is your loving father. And every time we pray, we need to remind ourselves of this. It's unbelievable. Now, I'll give you the flip side of this, and then we'll close. Um, when we call on God as our dad, you've got to also remember um, that it doesn't just mean that you're always welcome to pull up a chair by his side, because you are, but it also means that you open yourselves up to his correction and his discipline in your life. When you call on God as your dad, it means that you're recognizing that he has a right to show you your faults and to call you out on the junk in your life. And when we pray, we've got to remember that. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 says. It says, it's for discipline you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? 
If you're left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. This verse right here is one that scares me because, um, and I've said this before, there's some of you, and you might be here, you might know people like this, who say they know Jesus, live like hell, no conviction, no correction, no discipline from, from, from God. This verse is going, you don't know him. You don't know him. Like if you can go out and live your life doing whatever you want, but saying you know Jesus and God doesn't correct or discipline and you have no conviction, you're an illegitimate child. You're not a child of God. You don't know him. Because the Bible goes on and it says this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us what? For our good that we may share his holiness. So when you come before God and you say, God, you're my father, it means, God, I recognize that you love me. I can talk to you like a loving dad. But God, I'm also recognizing that you have every right in the world to point out areas of my life where I am wrong, where I'm sinful, that I need to grow in, that I need to mature in. And God, I am committing myself to do whatever it takes to change those because I don't want to break the heart of my heavenly father, my dad who loves me. That's what that means when you pray that. Now, the very last thing, and and we're going to end right here. That very last phrase, in heaven, our Father in heaven, this is not so much a reference to where God is, but instead it's a reference to what God can do. Listen, every time we pray, we should be reminded that our dad can do anything. This is kind of one of those verses that make me think about, you know, like my dad can beat up your dad kind of deal. You know, my dad's bigger than your dad. He can kill your dad, dude. Like, okay, listen, our heavenly father, he, he's, he's for real, dude. He can do anything. Like he is sovereign. He is powerful. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere at all times. And we need to know as his kids that he has us. He has us. So when we pray, listen, about life circumstances, about stuff we're facing, there's no need for us to go into the presence of God and to worry and to freak out or to panic. And here's why. Because our dad is greater and he is stronger than anything we will ever face in this life. He is our loving father and he always has our backs. And every time we pray to our father in heaven, this is what we should be reminded of. Guys, it is a privilege to be able to come before God in prayer. And again, my hope and my prayer is that not only tonight, but over the next several weeks, you'll start to see that and you will fall in love with the amazing privilege you have in being able to go and to talk to your dad in heaven who loves you more than you'll ever comprehend or understand. So here's what we're going to do tonight. Um, We're going to close out with two songs and I'm going to let us worship and I want to give you time to pray, right? I want us just to call on God tonight and let's thank him for what we've talked about. Thank him for Jesus. Thank him for his great love. Let's pray and these guys are going to come. God, I just want to recognize right now, God, in this room, God, what your word teaches that it is because of Jesus. God, that we can come before you now and speak to you. God, it is because Jesus died to make us your kids. God, that right now I can, I can speak these words and you're hearing me. 
God, I just pray that we never look past how unbelievably amazing that is. God, help us tonight to not only pray for ourselves, but to think about others as we pray. God, help us to be blown away as we call on you as our dad. God, help us to be blown away with the way that you love us, the way you feel about us. God, the grace you have for us. God, the patience that you have for us, the kindness that you show us. God, I pray tonight that we find rest in you. God, that we find hope in you. We find peace in you, God, that we find, God, just just overwhelming joy in the fact that we come before you. God, as our dad in heaven, God, you can do anything. And you love us more than we'll ever understand. God, I just pray that that would blow us away. God, help us to love prayer. Help us to love talking to you. God, help us to believe, God, that unless we pray, God, that we will not see the things that you want to do in and through us, God, and that our relationship will suffer, God. And I just pray that in light of those things, God, that we'll press in, God, that we'll love to spend time talking to you. God, be glorified and honored in this time. Lord, it is yours. God, I pray that you just work in our hearts, work in our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen.